Is it true you were childhood mates with Gavin Wood? And Beefy? Yeah. The problem was... Liquid staking, so you basically... This bit is, uh, yeah, a bit more dangerous. Yeah, some of the community have been very fiscally conservative. I'm not sure I, I believe in that. Eventually this thing takes off or it dies. This is always bigger whales. The Space Monkeys blasting off with Alistair Mark Stewart. He's the lead scientist at the Web3 Foundation, and we're very lucky to have him here with us today. Alistair, welcome to Space Monkeys. Thanks for being here. I think you've been kind of working toward this position for several, several, several decades, probably before blockchain was even a thing. You've kind of been on this journey. Back in the day, I went to university, and then I went to university again because... Uh, I had nothing better to do. Yeah. Uh, and the second time I did computer science, went back, did a PhD, did some postdocs. And along the way, I, you know, after a friend, got going to, you know, Ethereum in the early days. Yeah. So I, I sort of looked at a bit about uh, what the research was for blockchain then. I went to DevCon Zero. Mm-hmm. Makes a difference. Okay. Uh, but I didn't give up my day job then. Hmm. Uh, and I sort of, yeah, six years ago, I uh, started working on Polkadot. Hmm. Uh, you know, get, yeah, like then blockchain was interesting, but I, you know, I had other things to do. But at some point, yeah, it was time to turn that into the into the main job. So I, I, I uh, so six years ago, I joined the Web Three Foundation. Mm-hmm. I was the first researcher. I've kind of had a role, a principal role in, in in designing stuff for Polkadot since. And is it true you were childhood mates with uh, Gavin Wood? Yeah, okay, so when I say a friend got into a theory, I mean Gavin Wood. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we uh, were at secondary school together. Gotcha. Hung around mm-hmm. uh, for some years after that, yeah. Okay. What were you guys doing back then as far as computer science goes? Were you thinking about this together? Uh, no. No, okay. Uh, no, I mean, there's some discussion of economics, some discussion of code. I mean, Gab, Gab, Gab was always interested in virtual machines hmm. and, and, and things, but... Like blockchain was, yeah, a whole different thing. Yeah. You kind of got in with Ethereum. You said so Bitcoin, when it started, it was kind of off the radar. Kind of, yeah, it's a crazy thing, right? Okay, okay. All, all these libertarians are interested in this. Uh, and no mm. one, no, I mean, along with many people, no one thought about this enough to realize this might actually be a good idea. This might actually be, be world changing. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, but before anything takes off, you don't know. Right. Uh, but when Ethereum came along, it was obviously better than all these other things that were doing okay at the time. Uh, and so you knew that it was going to work. And and Polkadot, yeah, you could tell from the beginning it was going to work. What was it about Ethereum that kind of made you take notice, made you realize this wasn't some crazy weird thing? No, it was still some crazy weird thing. But like I went <laughs> and looked at what people were... Um, well, I mean, the first thing that was established, there were loads of altcoins by, by, by that point, right? Hmm. Uh, a million people thought Bitcoin, to, you know, we still have Dogecoin and things today, but there, there, there were some very... Uh, very strange things at the, at the time, and they didn't do anything interesting yeah, until yeah. Ethereum came along and put a virtual machine on on on, on, a, on a on a on a blockchain uh, on a computer we can all agree on, and Polkadot was just a, a natural evolution, hmm. uh, as the story goes. Right? That's interesting. A, a computer we can all agree on. One of the ideas behind Ethereum and Polkadot and all these other things we, we'd have one. Um, you know, we, we have consensus, but what are we having consensus on? We're having consensus on computation. Hmm. Uh, like we define the rules and uh, we all then people do stuff and we all agree on what happened as a result of the rules. Yeah. Um, and that was the idea behind Ethereum, but it, it was not scalable. People were talking, uh, 
you know, back in, in, in 2014 about how to get proof of stake and Ethereum just did that. And they mm. were talking also about scaling it and th that didn't happen the way anyone envisioned. Uh-huh. Uh, do you think, it, would you consider that scaling is happening on Ethereum? So I, I think that what we're doing on Polkadot is just going to scale better than what you can do with rollups on Ethereum. I see. Even when they get their, their data sharding in. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, that's something we, we should be selling. Yeah, okay. It's something that the Polkadot is already doing that, that, that I think, so I think, you know, so I, I've been doing the, 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 this uh, work on trying to get out the, the story. We came up with some things for Polkadot that I think people don't realize how good they are uh, still. Interesting. So when, when you first got to the Web3 Foundation, what was the first project you were working on? Like, how did you work yourself in? Well, I mean, we were discussing how, how to do everything, how to do proof of stake, how to do consensus. Yeah. So the first sort of thing I did uh, by myself when I was the only guy here uh, was Grandpa. Right. Uh, you know, I came up with a theory and then, then Rob Hub and I went along and just started coding it then and there, just as soon as I finished proving that this thing actually works. Very different from my academic experience, right? Sure, right. Uh, we, we, we publish these papers, we, we prove everything's going to work and, and we, we have something that's better than everyone else and then no one uses it. Yeah, right. This was a different experience in blockchain. Uh, right, here, like you, people were, here do you were making stuff. theory and then somebody has just started whipping it up and exactly. seeing if it would work, like, right? You know, and that, and, that, and that, that, that's incredible. Yeah, that's different. Can, can you you uh, give us a, a little overview of what Grandpa is, because we've been hearing a lot about Beefy lately, and I know that Beefy is this finality layer that kind okay, of yeah. lags on Grandpa. So the bottom layer, we, we, we have longest chain, like Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, so Sassafras and Babe, Babe and, the, and now Sassafras, they're, they're sort of proof of stake versions of that. Okay. Uh, where everyone uh, should look at what chain is longest. Hmm. But the problem with that, so it's great if, if I have, you know, some light clients, some, I'm running Polkadot.js or whatever, I want to know uh, what the right block is. I have to look at the longest chain. That means I need to be talking to lots of people because yeah. if uh, I'm only talking to one person and they can give me this chain that's like way shorter than the longest chain. Sure. And I have no idea unless okay. I'm talking to everyone else, that uh, that this that this is true, right? So you have to sample a lot of opinions on what the longest chain is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also you have to wait a bit, like, so maybe the, maybe this next guy didn't see this block before and there's going to be a fork. Okay. Uh, there, there can be lots of forks, and, and that's why in Bitcoin we ended up waiting an hour for confirmations huh. uh, and, and for, you know, for six confirmations. Um and, and maybe with 12 seconds, like on Ethereum, you can do better than that. But, but you know, you wanted something much faster. Yeah. So the point of, of Grandpa is to a for the validators to agree on something they've already agreed on, hmm. but they don't know they've already agreed on. Certainly no one else knows they've already agreed on. So we have this longest chain, and everyone sees this as the longest chain, but they don't know. Maybe there's another chain they don't see. Sure. So the validators come along and they vote on what they think is the longest chain. And then we try and agree on that. And in Grandpa, we tried to make it flexible. So the thing is, is at the time, uh, Grandpa isn't good for the reason we thought it was good. What did you at think? At the time, we were yeah. thinking, okay, people were doing Byzantine agreement protocols with, you know, maybe 100 people, like like Cosmos still has all these chains with 100 validators, maybe 150 now. But we, we, we were aiming for 1,000. We think, okay, maybe this doesn't work. Uh, maybe we can't scale this this up. So we want to a protocol where maybe we don't vote every block, maybe we vote every few blocks. Hmm. And, and Ethereum were thinking about that. They came up with this capital FFG. They vote every 64 blocks. But then it was like, we don't want to vote every 64 blocks. That's a long time to wait. Hmm. So we'll design something that's flexible that will agree on what we've already, whatever we've already agreed on. 
then it turned out that, I don't know, the, the parity guys were so good at networking compared to some other people, maybe, uh, that we could get a thousand guys to agree on two sec- in two seconds on something. It's like, I, think, I didn't think it was possible. Wow. And that meant maybe we could have been voting on every block. But uh, we wanted to secure power chains through crypto economics. Like, this is part of our idea. We had fishermen at the time. We don't have fishermen anymore because we have this ANV, this availability validity protocol I was talking about. And that means that, you know, when we decide what's happened on the parachain, we might later decide that it was wrong. Someone might say, well, someone, let, let some validator in this case, you know, it would have been a fisherman. Now it's validators who are, who are checking, mm-hmm. might now come, come along and say, uh, this thing that we put in the chain is wrong. How long after could that happen? Up, up, to, a, up to a minute, but, okay. um, or, or maybe more. But we want it so that in Grandpa, we don't uh, agree on this thing unless we think this is not going to happen. Okay. Right. So, so basically, we'd slow down finality if there was, like, basically, if there weren't enough people saying that this thing was good, mm-hmm. uh, we would slow down. And because Grandpa wasn't connected, like, like to Casper FFG, like, can finalize, we have votes every 32 blocks or Tendermint, whatever, we have vote every block, Grandpa doesn't, doesn't care on what rate you produce the blocks. I see. Um, and so we, it's like when we want to agree on this thing, we agree on this thing. Okay. When, when, when the validators think we should be agreeing on this thing, we do it. And, and this is what turned out to be good. So it, so it turned out we could have done on every block if it wasn't for the way we were doing parachains. I see. Okay. So uh, Grandpa comes along and says, this is what's final. We're never going back. We can't go back. Yeah. Everybody agrees. Yeah. But with the, the tricky bit is how do we work out on what everyone agrees on right. when people see all these different chains? Yeah. Uh, we have to find the, the prefix everyone agrees on. Yeah, then when we've agreed on it, and we, we know that everyone's agreed on it, yeah, we 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 we, we uh, are never going to go back. And beefy, yeah, uh, beefy. Okay, the the problem was in Grandpa because we thought that uh, it might be slow. Everyone votes on different chains. Maybe these chains have different lengths, and even if people agree, they're not voting on the same thing. So we work out the, the chain that people agree on. But maybe they're all on the same chain, right? But maybe this uh, guy votes on a block this high and then someone else votes on a block this high and someone else votes on a block this high. Uh, and all these votes count for this block because it's, it's all like, you know, it, everything that's something's in the chain, all these votes kind of count for it. And that means that a finality proof of grandpa can actually have votes for different blocks. <laughs> Okay. Not just the one you're finalizing. Sure. But maybe sure. later ones on, on the same fork. Right. But later ones imply the previous ones exactly. to be in a certain state. Yeah. Okay. But now you, you have a problem trying to convince someone of this. So I have to give them these things and I have to show that this one's an ancestor of this one, which uh, involves a longer proof. And, th- and in any case, I need like a thousand signatures uh, for Kusama. So um, we, we still aim, we still want to do that in Polkadot, right? We still want to have a thousand validators. Yeah. Uh, we're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so this is going to be slow to verify. So, so the idea behind Beefy was, uh, okay, we did grandpa, and it turned out to be the right thing for deciding something's final, but it's not the right thing to convince someone else that something is final. Hmm. So we, we had this problem that we were trying to work out. Why, why, okay. is, why isn't it the right thing, right? Because this is getting at the problem because Ethereum can't verify what's true, what's the, what's the final state of Polkadot, right? But without Beefy, right? That's the right. issue? So, so Polkadot, would, it, it, so do, doing grandpa proofs were expensive. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're doing the signatures, we're doing signatures with, with a different curve. Everyone uses curve 25519. Ethereum can do this, this sec P256K1, a different elliptic curve. Okay. Uh, we're doing different hashes. Of course, Ethereum could do it nicely. Um, we need to put in all these signatures. We need to verify them, which probably was like a million gas each for each of these one of a thousand things. And 
So we can't even do a small number of them. Hmm. Uh, and and we had to put on all these headers for things in between. Uh, it just was too much. Gotcha. So we had to start again and ask, how can we do this in a thing that doesn't depend on the fact that we have a thousand validators? Hmm. Beefy is another complicated protocol. We came up with two options. We went with the uh, the crypto the crypto economic one. Uh, we went with that. Uh, it's not as good as the snark one. Okay. Uh, we know this. Um, we're working on the snark one. Snark is in the zero knowledge world. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. You know, everyone likes to talk about crypto economics, but crypto economics is is hard. It's easy for like random people to come along and, and, and code crazy stuff, and we saw that in DeFi. Sure. Everywhere. Um, <laughs> the trouble is, it kept on getting broken. Yes. <laughs> um, things based on crypto economics, like they can be easy to come up with, but they can be hard to make secure. Mm. It's all about incentives. And you have to think of everything. Maybe this other thing that you didn't think of breaks all your incentives and the thing that just works most of the time doesn't work. Okay. And that makes it much harder to deal with. So, so the availability and validity protocol for PowerChain, so that's a crypto economic protocol. And uh, the auditors came up with like 500 different things and um, we fix them all trust me it works and we're going to try and show it works but it's complicated yeah but if you do like the fancy cryptography route um it's hardest to get there it's hardest to understand what it does we, we do with the zk route this complicated maths and only a few people only a few coders know how to code it mm-hmm. um but if you send a few people over to do this thing for a year then it's really nice and modular because ah. you don't have to worry about some incentive you never thought of, some sort right. of situation where some outside thing puts a bigger economic force than than, than you thought was possible. Right, the uh, incentives can go so wrong. Right, Terra Luna's got to be the, the classic thing. Oh sure, yeah, the classic things like okay, now, now we have a defense on Bitcoin. We didn't think that was possible. <laughs> right, like that was beyond their model. That someone would short Bitcoin. Okay, yeah, uh, and then it just broke everything. Yeah, wow. We cannot do a thousand signatures, even with. Uh, Ethereum-friendly cryptography, Ethereum-friendly mm. electric curve keys. Mm. So the uh, simple idea was we do random sampling. Like we claim a bunch of people signed it and you shoot, and the, the smart contract on Ethereum chooses these guys at random and we give them the signatures. Okay. Um, hmm. and that, but that means we need randomness from Ethereum. And oh. for this, this turned out to be complicated. It was actually easier with proof of work than proof of stake. Ah. It turns out the proof of stake is not always good for randomness, and this is a problem that affects uh, all of us, and we have to wait some time, and we had to do some analysis of how many guys we needed to sample. It was way more than we expected. Hmm. So so we have a delay of uh, four epochs, and they're each 30 and a half minutes. No, it's maybe six and a half minutes. Uh, yeah, 26 minutes, I think, from the, first, the transaction that claims something to the transaction where we can finally get this through. Okay. Ah. Uh, Right, that's bad. We don't want a 26-minute delay. Also, yeah, we've yeah. given loads of stuff. The, the alternative, we're, we're, we're trying to get into, uh, like, substrate, like our, our guy side. We have crypto, you know, uh, crypto implementers here in, in Web3 Foundation on the research team. Uh, it's been trying to get, like, BLS signatures in, in, into Beefy. Hmm. Uh, when we have those, we can put in a snark that verifies them, and we'll get rid of this latency. I mean, it still won't be that cheap, but... Uh, we'll get rid of this latency and we'll get rid of some of the weird corner cases that uh, 
you just have when you have these cryptoeconomic protocols. Okay, so this is an upgrade to Beefy that would be coming That would later. be an upgrade to Beefy that would come, that, that, that would, well, it could be coming quite soon, but sure. yeah, we need to get the Snark Park ready. There's lots of things that are going on. But right now, I mean, so if, if Snowbridge were to launch with Beefy, let's say in three months, uh, we're going to have this 26-minute delay still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what the prototypes, the things that have been ordered are the things that are kind of ready to go and just sure. waiting for these guys to have their beefy keys. That's like... Yeah, right. No, we're working on it. We have <laughs> Now we're using shame, so I think we're getting right. somewhere. Yeah. Once that's out, then, then, then maybe we, 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 can, we can, yeah, get uh, get the bridge deployed. But Excellent. It's, and it's taken a lot longer than anyone would have expected. Yeah. But if we'd have like known that it was going to take this long, we'd have gone, we'd have gone the snow route. Wow. Okay. Uh, from the start. Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, it's always the way. Now, <laughs> uh, the Polkadot to Kusama Bridge needs Beefy as well, right? It, I, it, no, it, it's going to be using Grandpa. It can It can use... So if it used Beefy... Yeah, see, I've been hearing mixed messages about that. Okay. If, so. if it used Beefy, it would be uh, a lot more efficient. I, mm. I don't know what's going to be deployed. If okay. it, the, the Beefy bridge, uh, it's going to be more efficient. That's what Beefy was designed for. But... Mm. Um, like Polkadot is more scalable. We can have bigger things. So we uh, and we have yeah. the right cryptography. So we can do grandpa justifications mm-hmm. um, on on. We put it on a, on on the power chain, right? The bridge hub. It has it has the capacity to do this stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's scalable. Uh, like it's already more scalable than Ethereum. <laughs> a lot cheaper. Um, so yeah, there the, 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 the will be uh, not too much trouble for the Polkadot Kusama bridge for uh, just using grandpa. But if we somehow, for some reason, wanted to bridge to a hundred substrate chains, yeah, then then you'd want beefy. Okay, but uh, we're not going to have this delay on the Polkadot to Kusama bridge, right? No, no, no. We, we were never we, okay. We're never going to use random sampling for that right, bridge, right? Right. Uh, we you wouldn't don't need have to do that even with beefy. Yeah, yeah gotcha. even with any flavor of beefy. Yeah, but but the, but then the the BLS beefy will be much cheaper. Beautiful. So, what was the first network that, in your opinion, pulled off proof of stake in a? Reliable way. The people that did the did Byzantine agreement, mm-hmm. like you know, Cosmos or whatever, they they were doing it. Uh, their their design was fine from the start. Hmm. Ethereum took it. You know, they had a really good design for years and years and years, and it mm-hmm. took a long time to get it out. Yeah, right. Um, it all depends on 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 your assumptions, right? Okay. So one of the differences. So, so the reason we couldn't just take Cosmos' solution was because their setup, they, they, they had less validators, right? Hmm. You know, 100, 150 guys. Their assumption was that they would, these guys would have different power. Like, you know, you have a different amount of stake backing you, you have different people. This is kind of centralized, of course, hmm. but in practice, <laughs> proof of stake, proof of work, you, it can all be centralized if you have centralized hash power token pa- tokens, you're centralized, right? Uh, and so their distribution means actually you only need to check, check six validators. I don't think... Sometimes, okay. sometimes in, in 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 Cosmos because like all the stake backs, so the stake backs them, um, but this doesn't make sense for a sharded system. So mm. for Polkadot on Ethereum, for, for Ethereum now, Ethereum two as it is, we wanted validators to have equal power, and the, for the reason that we were doing things with random validators or random groups of validators, mm. like you, you can't choose a hundred guys at random and have the when you when you waited it's it's like you end up choosing the same guy 50 times and does that make sense um it's much easier to do sharding basically mm-hmm. when you have people who are with equal power so 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 cosmos's solution is everyone backs one person um and so when then we add up the stakes and then this is your power mm-hmm. and ethereum's solution was okay we we put 32f a fixed amount behind each guy 
Yeah. The problem with 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 with, with, with that solution was that uh, you need uh, the people who have the tokens to also be running notes, and if they have lots of tokens, they're right. going to run lots of notes. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, that doesn't happen. Mm. So they ended up with a different vector for centralization uh, because they didn't have delegation. Yeah. On the Cosmos side, it 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 it, it worked for their model. Uh, there are some problems, um, like what happens if guys go offline. Uh, so in order for me to get a return, I have to vote for one of the guys that gets in. Mm-hmm. Right, that guy doesn't get in. I don't get any money. Oh, okay. I don't get any any money for staking. Oh, so what happens is is that everyone votes for the top hundred guys, and, and and even by the hundredth, the votes are tiny. Yeah, okay. Um, and now we take a few guys out, and the people replacing them have nothing. Where where do they come from? Who's backing them? Huh. So they have almost nothing backing the the new guy anyway. So it's not sort of that fault tolerant. So the solution is, is let's vote for lots of people. Do yeah. you know, so, we, so in, in nominated proof of state, you vote for lots of people. Right. It's a burden on the user, right? You have to choose multiple guys. But, sure. the, but the advantage, one of the advantages is, is that uh, if any one of these guys is getting in, mm-hmm. uh, your, your, your stake backs them, you get return. Yeah. So just to clarify, right now I have my stake and then I can choose up to 16 guys to back. Uh, as long as one of them gets in, uh, yeah. There's this, this, this limitations right now with oversubscribing that maybe we can remove. But yeah, in principle, any one of them gets in, you're, you're good. Yeah, right? uh, you get return, but you get more return the less backing they have, and that means that potentially, if you vote for some guys that don't get in but might get in when people get out, then right. those guys get in, and when they get in, they'll be like close to the minimum backing. Uh, everyone gets paid equally how much they're backed because everyone has equal power. We pay everyone equally. Sure. So you don't vote for the guys who everyone's voting for. Right. Uh, you want to vote for the guys that one else is voting for, or not. You know, just enough people to to meet get the minimum. Because I then get a get proportional a exactly. reward, but with everybody else nominated. So if it's twice as much as, yeah. as the uh, as the minimum, there compared to this guy with the minimum, I you get twice as less because yeah. everyone gets paid equally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can vote for multiple people, and it's kind of sometimes better to vote for people that that don't get in but might get in or people that are less popular. Mm-hmm. But if you do, if you you had one vote, you had to give someone less popular who didn't get in, then you risk having no money. Sure. Uh, but in, in nominated proof of state, you, you can get that. But it, that gives, it, it gives, you vote for six people, now you have to decide which of those guys we, we put in, right? If you're voting for one person, it, it's easy. Uh, we just sort the list by the stake backing them, you take the top 100. Mm-hmm. No problem. Our optimization problem was a bit harder. So we had to look at sort of Theories of proportional representation. Yeah, people came up with well, the wacky proportional representation things out. Well, they're, what they're worried about, what they're worried about, is that um, you know that minorities get represented. Yeah, but in proof of stake, it's a security problem. What we what we care about is that minorities don't get overrepresented. You can't get your a third of validators with just uh, ten dot. You know? Yeah, yeah, that you don't want. Of course. So we had to uh, sort of look at things from that angle. We came up with the problem, uh, and then it turned out that. This guy in 1895, Edvard Fragman, um, came up with the same thing. Wow. Uh, and it took us a long time going through, talking to, to academics and things, with, along with, so along with me and Alfonso, um, other researcher at Web3 Foundation, we, 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 we talked to some people, we did some things, and it took us a long time before we discovered that uh, this thing we came up with had already been come up with, and there were some heuristics this guy came up with, and we also had some heuristics and things, and, and yeah. And uh, that was the story of uh, nominated proof of state. In what context did this fragment fellow come up with? In political systems, in yeah. particular sort of proportional representation without parties. 
Oh, right. Okay. You know, you vote for these guys and other people vote for these guys. And if you were voting for the same people, it'd be kind of proportional. Well, maybe you're not because you can just vote for anyone. Yeah, right. Uh, because parties are like form of centralization, right, as, mm. as, as well. Everyone realised this. But if you don't have parties, what's proportional representation? How does it even make sense? Mm. Uh, and there were people that came up with, with rules for this problem because it's obvious. Uh, and there's still people working on it. Hmm. Uh, like you know, we, we we talked to some people like uh, like Alfonso and Jonas uh, recently had this paper with, with with this researcher who also looked at fragments method right. back in the day, and he wanted to compare things, and uh, so they have got some comparisons with live polka dot data. Hmm. Uh, like they they compared election systems on polka dot data, and it turned out that what we're doing is basically close to the best thing we could be doing. Fantastic. So 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 like blockchain, it's, it's very diverse. What, what what you have to do. Sure. And I kind of had a hand in a lot of it. Uh, certainly, you know, trying to supervise what, what now I'm trying to, you know, going higher up and I'm sort of supervising what other people are doing. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing very different things. What do you think about the, um, you know, now we have nomination pools. We also have Bifrost, which is doing this liquid staking thing. Do you see these as uh, points of centralization or... So the first thing is that there was always centralization. There will always sort of be centralization. You know, sure. you, someone like Zoo Capital comes in, yeah. even though no one who there is, they somehow have max, ma massive amounts of people backing them. And they get massive amounts of validators. That's sort of as intended. Wait, no one knows who Zoo Capital is? Oh, I think people know. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> not sure it was about yeah, but, but you know, like they had a website that just redirected the nomination page early okay. on, uh, for sure. And then, then they were completely stealth. Um, wow. Yeah, like they had a verified identity in which the the link to the website just goes to the nomination page. Okay. <laughs> so, so verified by whom? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, so, so they, they, these guys come in and, and they have, they've got lots of validators and is, is the centralization? Well, uh, in a sense, but it's democratic, right? The, yeah. The people voted for them. Hmm. So, so then that we, we, we had we had this complicated algorithm for nomination proof of state, right? And uh, we hit a problem because uh, when we had like 25,000 nominators and they're each backing 16 guys, it got a bit complicated to do on chain. Hmm. Now, we could have like split this up over several blocks and uh, dot scalable, but uh, we didn't have the code for that. So we hmm. just had to, put in a cutoff somewhere. Hmm. We're supposed to have this system where the little guys can 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 can, can stake, uh, can have take their say, so lots of little guys back a validator, it should get in. Mm -hmm. But with nominators, if we had to say you have to have 100 dots... It's tough, yeah. ...then uh, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. So we needed a scheme where the complexity doesn't scale with the number of nominators. Hmm. Um, and nomination pools are that scheme. Hmm. Are they a point of centralization? I don't think so. It's because you can have... Like lots of them, hmm. just like with 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 with, with validators, um, nomination pools are themselves nominators. We can have twenty two thousand of them. Sure. <laughs> uh, if if every you know uh, or twenty thousand nominators, including nomination pools, hmm. so um, there can be a lot of them, and they allow the little guys to get to get in. Okay. Uh, and we wanted nomination pools to not scale with the number of nominators. You just sort of record how many shares in this pool you have yep. uh, and the pool doesn't even know who you are but you know that you have these shares gotcha and then the like liquid staking so you basically have so like the, 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 this bit is uh, yeah a bit more dangerous you also okay. have to worry are they going to pick too many hmm. uh, so the, the problem is, is, is well I mean DeFi it's about packaging risk right Interesting. Uh, and we know huh. what happens if, if you if you package risk and, and people aren't really aware you end up with a subprime crisis right hmm. <laughs> uh, that, that was a thing of people packaging risk and say okay the risk has gone away now. <laughs> no, it hadn't gone away. It was still there. <laughs> right. There's still mortgages somewhere b behind it. Mm -hmm. So with liquid staking, like, you know, uh, I can 
transfer without without waiting the unbonding period. But uh, that means that when I buy, I'm buying the last guy's risk. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not. When I nominate, it's like someone gets slashed. And before I nominated them, uh, I, I, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but with liquid staking, not true. And uh, so, of course, the buyers should should uh, hopefully be rational and look and see like are there too many guys? What happens if all these guys get slashed? Uh, it, it can happen. What happens if they're all evil and try and attack the system? I know. So we we just have to hope that no one gets too much power and people are rational and if someone gets lots of dots they go and uh, diversify what they're validating with them we um, have to hope that people well, the are liquid rational. stakers themselves sh- yeah. should should do this they should look at diversifying their risk right uh, yeah. and the risk of the people using them mm. and if the people who are running the liquid stakers don't do that then uh, then the people buying the, li- the liquid tokens that they're, they're taking on the risk, they should learn <laughs> uh, what the problem is, mm. right? Because, you know, there's a danger of systemic risk, but it's it's fine if Bifrost don't have too many guys doing their thing. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's an issue with, with, with DeFi and we're paying a huge rate for staking and then, then like, would I put my dots into DeFi uh, when I could just stake them? <laughs> Uh, I need a big return. It has to be high risk, and then the high risk stuff—it's—it's it's high risk. Well, it depends on your appetite, I guess. E- exactly. Yeah. Um, but the, so low risk, low risk stuff, and people like Intelay wanted dots to back Bitcoin. That's low risk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it becomes fantastically expensive if they have to compete with staking, mm. uh, unless we reduce our inflation uh, across Polkadot. Maybe we should. Maybe mm. there's debate. There's always debate about. Uh, or should be like. Active debate about which 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 way we're going to go. I feel like that debate is is rumbling. Yeah, there's people out different opinions, but I mm-hmm. did stop. I'm not seeing it out there so much. Okay. Yes, and liquid staking gives you a way around that, but it comes at a cost. Mm. Uh, and the the main cost is the end users should like look at this protocol and see what risk they're taking on, uh, because you are taking on the same risks as if you were nominating yourself. So we're talking about uh, electing validators and solving this problem. But then we have this. Other interesting layer in Polkadot. This is the uh, the governance layer, right? And th- this is a layer that you played a big part in. in you know what we call the governance one. You were an active voter on Kusama on Polkadot too. Uh, less in in, in Polkadot. Okay. I mean, yeah. Occasionally, I vote for things with a few tokens, but I wasn't in the council. So in, in yeah. Kusama, I was in the council, and yeah. from near the beginning, did um, you contribute to the theory of of Gov one? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, the main the main design with the council and things like. The, the, we want to design for quorum va- biasing. We we had this thing where if the turnout was low, yeah, um, and it wasn't didn't come from the council, then there was a, a low chance of. Uh, then you needed a bigger a bigger um, support threshold. Mm-hmm. You know, th- all this stuff has changed with OpenGov, um, and it needed to be. We we kind of think okay, but you, it should not be the case that I I should um, I shouldn't vote against something I don't want to happen because voting against it would push up the turnout and make it more likely to pass. Yeah, right. So we came up with a formula where that didn't happen, where mm. it was always fine to vote against mm. uh, if you believed against. Mm. With Gov two, uh, with Open Gov, that that didn't happen. Right, uh, we don't have that problem anymore. Now now it's just it's always the side with the most votes that wins. But it, but when it wins. Depends on these curves and things. Yes. Um, we, we had to come up with it. We had to think of these curves. Wow. Someone had to think of them and work out if they made sense. Is it working out the way you theorized it would? Yeah. There, there's some things that I still think that we should change. Okay. Um, so one of them is I think there's a bit of a bias towards no because of the way confirmation periods work. Uh. So the idea behind something like a confirmation period is that maybe uh, you know a big 
Vale comes in and we we switch yes and and something to something that no one was voting on because no was winning. Like hmm. so, if your side is winning, why do you bother blocking tokens? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you might as well not vote. But then something comes in and, and swings the other way. Do we think okay, we don't want to get we? It's scary that this thing could just go yes and then could be decided straight away. Mm-hmm. So we, we'd have a confirmation period where people could say, ah, no, we didn't want this, and start <laughs> yeah. voting no uh-huh. quickly. The problem is is that we don't have the same thing for rejecting. If something's about to fail, but people for rejecting, can't come in. It, it's, so if we go out of confirmation, it's like we, we have this, this timeout mm-hmm. uh, across the, uh, of the whole thing. And, if we, uh, and the confirmation period can go beyond the end. But if it gets, goes to no, beyond the end, it's, it's suddenly at. Yeah. And the problem is, is that things always end up confirming towards the end. Like sometimes stuff can be close to 50-50. Like we need a, to wait. If you have a low turnout, we need to wait a long time for, for you to, miss, to go over the curve. Yeah. If you're close to 50-50, we have to wait for a long time for you to get, get close to the curve. And mm-hmm. the result is that we almost end up confirming at like the very last minute. Yeah. And that means we always go over the end. And that means that we can suddenly get, we can suddenly get off no, suddenly get a thing for no. So I was kind of looking at things. Maybe we should have rejection period. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so if we're in the confirmation period and we swing to no, then and we're out of time in the decision period, then it is. Then, then it's the end. Yeah. Oh. I mean, no okay. one has to end somewhere, but it's like sure. maybe we could be a bit more, uh, a bit more lean with that because mm-hmm. it kind of gives a bias towards no for people that like jump in at the last minute. Hmm. That's not ideal. The results of OpenGov have been interesting. I think as far as technology goes, upgrading the network. I think this has been pretty low drama, generally people falling in line with the expert opinions. and But when it came to Treasury funds, you know, we saw a lot more debate. What's your opinion on, do you think uh, token holders have been good spenders or reckless spenders or too conservative? What's your, what's your uh, so it, it, It's been swingy. Yeah. Right? So, so that was the thing people with, with and especially on Kusama, like people were spending like crazy and then everyone says, no, we should go against and then they stop spending. Right. And we don't pay RBC <laughs> providers. And, <laughs> and they don't pay people who who we before we had like this this retroactive funding yeah yeah deal going on and if we don't pay people retroactively that's a reputation hit exactly right uh, how are people going to come back how are we going to get RTPC providers in the future sure if, if it's just random what happens with with this mm-hmm. um i don't know so I, I i kind of politically think that uh the kusama voters and polka dot yeah both of them they have been a bit more fiscal conservative than hmm. they're certainly way more fiscal conservative than we used to be in the days of the council, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's like with the council, you're publicly accountable. Uh, most of the time, we come up with sensible stuff. Everyone votes yes. Um, and if you vote no, you then have to go and tell people why you vote no. Yeah. Uh, they're going to ask questions. But but in OpenGov, people can just vote no and no one knows. Absolutely. Yeah, some of the community have been very fiscally conservative. Um I, I'm not sure I, I believe in that. Hmm. I think that it, it's uh, part of the deal with, with cryptocurrencies. Always, you know, we, we raise this amount of thing. We have to have this amount of interest. We need to spend the money to keep the interest going hmm. uh, in the hope that eventually this thing takes off or it dies. <laughs> right. And, and and there's no, like, staying still here. That's right. It, it's not like, uh, you know, if, if I if I vote no, then uh, and we don't, we don't get this awesome thing, but also less people sell tokens. But that, that doesn't matter if people, whether it, it, you know, how many tokens people sell doesn't matter unless there's people to buy them. Right. Like demand also matters. So we have to like nice this thing up. And I think we, we need more experiments with Kusama. Wow. And we've, we've kind of stopped. And uh, that's unfortunate. For the first time on Polkadot, we have this uh, single actor with a very large stake. And he's, this is the Giotto character. Yep. He's uh, very liberal with spending. He wants to get things done. He doesn't want Polkadot to die. 
Um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, people complaining about Wales voting and all well, this stuff. Well, the problem with, with Wales, it depends on how, you know, if they vote for everything of, of one flavour, someone votes for all the content creation, we get lots of good content, but which, but no one's controlling it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and really, you think we'd have to do other layers, like Wag Media was a good plan in that direction. Oh, thanks. So, yeah, I, I mean, we, we had some fun things like the, the, the dead meme yeah. and uh, this latest incentivizing voting. I think that for that, uh, enough people came out and said, no, it's a, it's a nice idea. Maybe mm. something like it could work, but not anything this crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah. The hope is with whales, there's, there's always bigger whales. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, and it's they just have to incentivize them to get out there. Yeah. Now, um, you uh, were telling me that you are about to publish something new, something you've been working on for a while. Why don't you tell us what it is first? Okay. So so the thing with, the, the, well, when I say we've been working on it for a while, we've been working on it for a while since 2019. Uh, the Parity, the Power Change team have been working on it for years, and we've had it in production, Polkadot and Kusama, for years. What I mentioned, talking about is, is this availability and validity protocol which really needs a better name. We might come up with one. Uh, we'll see. Okay. For uh, securing parachains. Hmm. So Polkadot is just a lot more scalable than other sharded systems. We're not exactly a sharded system. This, this with, with things like Core Jam, we, we can do we can do more than just sharding. Yeah. Uh, and more generally, to blockchain scaling solutions, uh, we came up with something uh, very nice, and it's being used in Polkadot right now. And not a lot of people know about it. Yeah, tell us. So this is um, how do we secure a uh, hundred power chains with a thousand validators, or even a thousand power chains with a thousand validators, mm. or a thousand cores in the in the new uh, way of looking at things. The sort of traditional way people did sharding is they um, they put a lot of validators in every shard. Like they they said, we'll have a lot of validators, and then we'll. Divide it randomly into subsets. Um, who will go and check each chart? Hmm. And this is kind of inefficient hmm. because we need these guys to be two thirds honest on each shard, and that means we need hundreds of guys on each on each shard, and that means we need yeah hundreds to thousands of guys per uh, like maybe a thousand guys per per shard. Hmm. And you can see that Ethereum went down that route. That's why why they needed a million validators, why they were always aiming for a million validators. Hmm. Now, we didn't think we could get a million validators. We didn't think there are a million validators. Yeah, right. Not, already not clear uh, if mm. there are on Ethereum, but in any case, this, this was never our, our model. So we had to be more efficient. Uh, early thinking was um, we'd have fishermen. Right. This is the thing that optimistic run-ups do. Uh, this is people going and looking and trying to find mistakes and getting rewarded if they find yes. it. Yes. And if you have like a big popular thing that everyone cares about, everyone's going to check it. Yeah. But your little chain that no one cares about it, maybe no one checks it. Yeah. And now you want to send XEMs left, right, and center. You want to uh, interoperate with all these other chains. And we have a problem uh, that, you know, uh, we can't, our other chains now can't trust this little chain with, 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 with their assets. Uh, we have to do reserve things instead of teleports and things. We have to be very careful about about what we trust um, coming from these things because they're not secure. Uh, we do, we don't want that. We focus. We want all our chains to be secure. Hmm. And how do we motivate fishermen? And how are we sure that fishermen? There are other kinds of problems like how are we sure that fishermen uh, can get the block. And okay, this this one random person complains. Now what happens? If everyone checks, then they can just 
keep on putting down dot and getting lots of people to check. So it has to they have to maybe have to have a deposit. Mm. It has to be big, but if it's a big deposit, then there's less fishermen. Right. So we need this this availability system. Uh we actually have like uh we, we erase your code blocks, we add a bit of redundancy and all the validators have a a, a piece of this erasure code for every parachain block. Hmm. Like not everyone has every block. That'd be too much expensive, but everyone has a piece of the thing for every block. Hmm. And and this means we can get it so that a third of people can um can can reconstruct any, any parachain block. A third of validators can reconstruct every parachain block. And uh now we're back to two thirds honest. The with this data is never going to go missing. Well, until we come to forget about it. So now we can go and check it. Uh, and then we had an idea we'd have random validators check, right? That 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 works. So you want to make sure that someone commits to something, someone says this is good. And now if other guys say it's bad, we, we can all check and then we can slash someone. Hmm. Uh, and as long as the guy who um who said this was good, as long as the block doesn't disappear, that's what availability is for. As long as the block doesn't disappear, um and as long as they don't know who's gonna check. So random people checking, like sometimes there'll all be bad guys. Maybe if there's enough bad guys, sometimes there'll all be bad guys. And now uh, they can just wait until there's bad guys checking. So they shouldn't know who's going to check. Uh, and we had to come up with a system with random people that uh, random validators go and check blocks uh, after we decided that this is probably what we're doing. Hmm. And that, that's the availability and validity. And that's what allows us to get down to validators checking 30 or 10 blocks. Uh, well, 30 validators or 10 validators checking a block uh, and are still knowing that it's it's, um, it's still being very expensive to attack the system. So this has been working very well for Polkadot. Uh, once you make clear that this is what's happening to the rest of the world, do you think it will be useful so to anybody else? We, I mean, we've already like given talks on this for years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, people don't appreciate that the Polkadot is technically... <laughs> You know, they do appreciate that Polkadot is technically good, but they just don't know about some of these details. Okay, so what are our main uh, methods of scaling past what we can do right now? You're following async backing? Is this a part of the solution? Longer. It's how, how things should have worked to start with. It's how things should have worked <laughs> to start with? Okay. Yeah. So, again, when we going back to why we need Sassafras, there was this, this idea that we we do uh, a power block every uh, six seconds or something. Uh, we'd see the result of the last one, you'd do it, you'd send this thing to some collator, would do it, but the collator now has to, the collator has to do their job and it has to be checked by validators and all this has to happen in this this small window. Yeah. Um, and then when we added the availability thing in, is we can't we can't act on this thing until uh, we decide it's available, but now if the next guy waits for that to build on it, it's two blocks, it's 12 seconds, and we're, we're producing a block every... Uh, 12 seconds and it has to run in two seconds. Yeah. That's, it's clearly wasting time. Hmm. Um, so what we want is 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 uh, us to be able to build on things a bit further back and be able to spend longer building blocks. If we're trying to do something complicated like snarks, we need much longer. Hmm. And the sort of original PowerChain model didn't work with that at all. Uh, so async backing... Um, now we can be we can, we can have a block every six seconds. We can be optimistic. We say, oh yeah, this thing this thing's available. It's gonna it's gonna be fine. We'll we'll build on it, mm-hmm. um, and we can sort of produce this like a bit off chain. We can go ahead, or we can like go, uh, you know, uh, 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 out of sync. We can take several blocks to build something. If we build a power thread, it always made sense, um, and uh, that will allow us to, uh, to yeah. Do more computation per per parachain block. Get more parachain blocks in. 
Gotcha. Uh, but of course, yeah, we're, we're looking at things well beyond that. I, I mean, some of the ideas behind behind uh, Core Time and, and Core Jam had people uh, producing blocks that build on each other in the same thing. Uh, you know, parachain, actually parachains or other sort of systems, like having multiple blocks at the same time mm -hmm. uh, and being a whole lot more flexible about how we were doing this. Hmm. But eventually we'll, we'll run into, uh, we were limited at a thousand validators. We probably can't do grandpa with Ethereum's a million guys. Okay. So we'll have to do something else with a million. If we can get a million guys. Sure. And they've shown it's possible. Mm -hmm. uh, then we'd have to do something different to scale to the million parachains. Okay. Uh, we have ideas, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do multiple relay chains, maybe, maybe hierarchical, maybe multiple. It's not always clear the difference, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this protocol we came up with, availability and validity, it works on the bottom layer. So, like, people had this idea behind hierarchical mm -hmm. relay chains, but really the relationship between the relay chain and the power chain is the that, that we want is that we have right now is going to be the bottom layer of this problem. Yeah. You're not going to sort of build downwards, we need to build upwards. Okay, to, gotcha. To a, uh, to a new relay chain. So those relay chains, they'll be a bottom layer to a whole bunch of other chains, but that that will still be nested on top. Right, well, I we don't know. Right maybe maybe, we, maybe we, 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 can, we can go like, we can have multiple relay chains that are really part of the same system. Yeah, or well, maybe like, it'll be higher. Polkadot and Kusama are different relay chains and they're going to be. Yeah. Well, on what layer yeah. are they getting connected? Pretty right, far right. up. Right, so, so as you say, we, we, with the beefy, maybe we can bridge like 100 chains. Yeah, yeah. All onto this one, 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 one bridge hub. And if we can do that, then why not have a, 100 chains? Sure, and sure. And have them part of the same system, right? We want shared security. Right. Uh, all the way up. Mm. Uh, we can do that. Uh, <laughs> we like, no, how's it that? We just need lots of validators and lots of power chains. And we don't need, the demand isn't there and the supply isn't there, but uh, it might be. Wow. Alistair, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show here. Thanks for taking me down a few paths here that I didn't expect to go down and uh, opening my mind up to everything you've been working on. I want to say thank you as well for all the work you put into making Polkadot possible. I know there are hundreds of people whose entire lives are built around Polkadot and maybe they don't appreciate everything that's happening underneath whatever they're building, but it just wouldn't be possible without you and your teams dedicating your lives to, to making it. Thank you. I enjoyed being here yes and I should say that well grandpa might have been me all these other projects we, we have a team here yeah like Alfonso for Empos Jeff for A&V uh, Handan and people for Sassafras uh, and we have new people who are doing new things beautiful alright thanks a lot mm -hmm.